With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show weekend preview for week six of the 2019 season. Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter currently sat in our box at the resplendent Tottenham Stadium where we've just been setting up the equipment for TalkSport this Sunday. We're going to have Matt Sherry alongside us as well and we're going to be hearing from both Bucks legend Simeon Rice and Panthers former first round pick D'Angelo Williams. You're listening to the Gridiron Show. Okay, welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter, Matt Sherry will be joining us down the line shortly. Uh, he's still in his pants in his bedroom. He's just been chatting to former Panthers and Steelers running back D'Angelo Williams. We'll be hearing well, from him bedroom. shortly. Say again? In, in Sherry's bedroom. D'Angelo Williams was <laughs> no, in no, his I pants think, I as think well. It was, I think it was on the phone. Oh, right, fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm hoping it was on the phone. Because that Otherwise, would be really weird. That's pretty weird. Uh, we should go and walk across the Skywalk in a minute. I know like we were just talking about not being particularly good with heights, but we should go and have a little wander across there. Yeah, we should. Check it out. It's a shame they haven't opened that new booth in the middle yet, but that's going to be like a hospitality area over the goal end above the stand. Isn't that amazing? I was just wondering what that was. I don't remember seeing it when we were here last week. Uh, we are at the Tottenham Stadium ahead of Tampa Bay against Carolina this weekend. A live view in London. We talked a lot about this stadium, obviously, the other day. So coming up on this show, we'll have my Thursday night review. It'll be brief of Giants Patriots. The Giants without Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Wayne Gorman. Uh, they might as well put Eli Manning back in at this point as much as the chances they've got to win this game against the New England Patriots. Plus Simeon Rice, plus D'Angelo Williams. And we'll be picking our games for this weekend. Ollie, action-packed. Loads going on. Loads going on. We are currently, I know we won't talk too much about the stadium, but the, um, the, the, the ground staff are currently painting on the Buccaneers logos. Um, you can they're, they're, they've done the R, the S, the R and the E so far in the yeah. far end zone. The far end zone, the opposite to one where we're at, is where all of the touchdowns were scored on Sunday. <laughs> the opposite end to where Will was as well. It'd be great, actually, if there were some touchdowns down but oh, in front wonderful. of the big cop. That would be awesome. It would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I can't wait for this weekend again to experience this stadium once more. A bit nippier in cold, uh, in cold old North London. But it's an early kickoff. We'll be here for TalkSport doing the game in full. And then myself, sat in this very booth, myself, Ollie Hunter and Matt Sherry will be doing a Red Zone show from 6 till 10 after the game. Then hot-footing it back to TalkSport Towers to do Sunday Night Football. So if you're a fan of what we do, uh, you can get us for about 15 hours on Sunday into Monday. <laughs> it's sponsored by Will Gavin, NFL. Brilliant. My, even my wife thinks that's too much of me. I mean, she thinks that's a lot of you yeah. most of the time. Yeah. So, Right, should we crack into the interviews and the, and the yeah. previews and everything? Yeah. Let's start off with uh, my review of Thursday Night Football, the Patriots against the Giants. So Thursday night football, the New England Patriots end up running out three score winners over the New York Giants. Yeah, you know, if you listened to uh, NFL 100 pod, this wasn't a classic between these two. But the 2019 Patriots look absolutely superb on defense. Stefan Gilmore having a ridiculous season. Carl Van Noy looked great. Chase Winovich getting the pump block touchdown. Great for the rookie not a huge amount else to say about this game. I mean, the Giants' play calling was a bit anemic, but without all of their superstars, it was always going to be. And the only other thing to really say is that this defense are kind of bailing out Tom Brady. I'm not suggesting that he's playing badly. If you look at the stats at the top line, 334 yards, they won by three scores, completed nearly 75% of his passes. It was the inability to finish off drives. There was a missed field goal, the turnover on downs as well. Just when they come up against better teams, that may come back to bite them. But unsurprisingly, the Patriots move to 6-0. and The New York Giants fall to 2-4. and uh, And yeah, let's just return and, and preview this weekend's games. That was my Thursday night football review. 
done early Friday morning, as you'll be hearing this podcast on Friday morning as well. Uh, Ollie, great win for the Giants. <laughs> Come on, you don't even have to edit any of this. We know the Patriots are going to win. They're going to absolutely taunt them. Brady's going to find his um, connection with Josh Gordon again. Probably um, James White is going to get on the on the scoreboard. The, the defense is going to run riot. They are absolutely going to smash. You're the now Giants. just analysing a game that's already happened without having seen it. Yeah, but you can <laughs> because we know what's going to happen in this game. So. Right, Matt Sherry is dialing in. So what we should do is we should get to the D'Angelo Williams interview, former first round pick of the Carolina Panthers. Matt's just done this interview. Don't put the Skype thing up to the microphone. Just, just to prove that's currently happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure they'll talk lots about Christian McCaffrey, who we can't wait to see in London. Hey, what's going on, Matt? I'm very good, D'Angelo. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, just got a few questions on, on the current Panthers and, and maybe a couple on your kind of post-career life as well. Um, I mean, first of all, as a, as a guy who, you know, spent so long at the club, it, it must be nice for you to watch this team being, being driven by a pretty special running back. Man, a very special running back, a talented, uh, high-level running back, Christian McCaffrey, man. He's doing all those running backs well, man. Uh, he's, I, mean, I hope he's driving up the prices. He's doing it uh, because you know if you look at the, the NFL, they always try to devalue running backs. You look at Jerry uh, Jones when he was talking about Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott and what he meant for the Dallas Cowboys as it related to you know him fighting to get as much money as possible. They tried to downplay his position and everything, but as you can see with Christian McCaffrey, without a dynamic running back. You know, and not having uh, a dynamic quarterback will eventually have you sitting at home. So they're having they're having to lean on such a special player, McCaffrey, which is great. It's great for the brand. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, does he kind of exemplify to you the 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 evolution of that position? You know, a, a, a smaller guy where people were worried about how he'd adapt to the NFL. But we see that. I mean, he's like having a slot receiver on the field when he's not when he's not kind of running the ball into the line as well. You know, how much does he show? How much that position's evolved, particularly in the last kind of ten years? Right. That's it's crazy because when I was playing in the National Football League, you know, that evolved running back had just. Like, it was few and far between. I mean, you had uh, Marshall Falk. He was doing it, but he was doing it at a very high level. Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer. You had Ladanian Thomason. He was doing it. Uh, but after he hit 30, the Chargers sent him to New York. So, you know, and he still produced there and did what he did out of the backfield. The difference between Christian McCaffrey and, like, Le'Veon Bell and some of the other running backs, not talking about White, but some of the other running backs, it's not that they can't catch the ball. It's that their route running ability is very different from any other running back you've seen. They're crisp. They run routes, again, like you said, like a slot receiver, and that's what makes them deadly. Uh, on third down, you can put them in a slot receiver and not necessarily change the personnel that you have on the field. You can go from four wides to five wides with Christian McCaffrey, and the defense has to adjust. If they don't, then – you know, you got a mismatch, and you find that mismatch, and you you expose it. Yeah, and it, it's an interesting point because you know that's that's kind of what the greatest Sean Turf did and brought to the NFL. But interesting that you mentioned Marshall Falk because it takes a unique skill set, doesn't it? There are, there are not many guys that come around in any generation who can do it to, to that kind of level. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. Like running backs of my era, we can all catch, we can all run the ball. The problem, or not necessarily the problem, our routes wasn't as crisp as the LaDainian Thomasons and the Marshall Fox that evolutionized the game. Uh, you know, we were more of the, you know, if you look back in, in just the NFL history, running backs just didn't do that. Like, they'll catch the ball out of the backfield here and there, but it wasn't a primary way of moving the ball. Now, in this day and age, like your running back has to be dual threat. He has to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, run the routes, and also be able to run the ball. I think it was really emphasized after New England won that championship. The White had over 129 yards and had the rushing yards. So they proved then that, hey, if you can find a mismatch in the defense with the running back out of the backfield, you can move the ball just as fluid as you could if you had a receiver doing the same thing. 
Yeah, and, and you know, Christian, we, we're kind of getting what we expected. But one guy we didn't have expectations of was, was Kyle Allen. Um, I mean, how impressed have you been with what he has done? You know, a guy who was sat on the bench for the University of Houston after three, three games of his final season there, comes into the league as an undrafted guy. And I mean, he's 4-0 now as a starter, you know. This is getting to the point where it's not an accident anymore. Well, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I kind of expected this to happen. Uh, not him to win as many games as he's won right now, but I expected him to play well. And the reason why I was expecting him to play well is because I knew whatever quarterback they brought in after Cam, they wouldn't ask him to do what they're asking Cam to do. They were asking yep. Cam they was asking Cam to run the ball, uh, make a decision on run pass, uh, uh, making a decision on a lot of things on one play. So he had to think of a lot of things like, hey, you got a run pass option and both of those break down, you got to run. Uh, well, they're just literally playing quarterback with Allen. He's not asked to do anything but play quarterback. The only one that's running with the ball is Christian McCaffrey. I'm handing it off, and then all I got to do is literally drop back and read defenses as it relates to me throwing the football. I don't have to worry about, hey, if – uh, you know, he doesn't. Allen doesn't have to make a play. Yeah, we are not asking you to make a play. All we're asking you to do is play quarterback. However, they're asking all the other guys that are around Allen to make a play. Whereas when Cam was there, they was asking Cam to make the play, not the people around. Him. And and is there any doubt in your mind that that Cam should come back in when healthy? Is is it actually just a case that they've now? I guess got the luxury that I don't think they thought they had before the season when the rush came back, where they can properly let that that kind of ankle injury heal up. Well, I mean, it's the the foot injury that he has, I had the same thing, and I was on IR. So the fact that he's not on IR and that he has a he has a chance of coming back is superhuman all in itself. So it's um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting and. You know, the true test for Allen is after this Buccaneers game. When they played the 49ers out in San Francisco, then they got the Titans, uh, then they have the Packers, then they have obviously the Falcons, but then they have, you know, the Saints. Drew Brees will be back then, so it'll be interesting. The Redskins didn't play well, the Falcons, you can't be overlooked, but then they got the Seahawks, they have the Colts, and then they have the Saints again. So the meat of their schedule is the last eight games of the season. So that's going to be the interesting game. Yeah, and, and I want to ask just a little bit about Coach Ron Rivera as well, because, you know, there was maybe a little bit of a feeling around the league that this this is a big year for him. You know, Dave Tepper comes in as the, as the new owner last year, and, and that often leads to a coaching change. As, as, as Coach shown kind of his qualities over the last few weeks, and, and do you think he's one of the more underrated coaches in football? Because I, I often don't think he gets the, the credit he necessarily deserves. Yeah, he doesn't get the credit he necessarily deserves because... You know, all the coaches that get that credit are the ones that have a long-standing history of winning. So if you look at Coach Rivera's winning percentage, it goes up and down, up and down, yeah. up and down. There's no consistency there. So all consistent coaches get gauged and judged on something different from the inconsistent coaches. So that's why Coach Rivera is looked at like it's more of a, uh, he's a coach. Not like he's a great coach or he's a good coach. Opinion, I think he's a great coach. When he was when he was serving under Roger Goodell, I mean not Roger Goodell, but Dave Gettleman, it was Dave Gettleman team, not his. Yeah. So you'd have to take out those years that he had with Dave Gettleman in order to truly the picture of who Ron Rivera is. And if you take that away, then you also take away that fifteen and one season that they had, or thirteen and three season that they had, and the Super Bowl run. So it's, you know, you give, you also have to take. And if you take, you also have to give. So, I mean, I think he's he's on an unfair scale as it relates to judging what type of coach he really truly is. Yeah. And just finally, D'Angelo, I want to ask uh, just a quick question about your post-career life. I mean, what's it like as a, as a guy who was in the league for a lot of years trying to adjust to... To, to life after the game because I know that you've been involved a little bit in some some wrestling and things like that. I mean, just just is the wrestling something that you'll pursue? But also, just what is that process like? 
Oh God, no! I just did wrestling one time. I've always been a huge <laughs> fan, and I told my I told my uncle, my late uncle who passed, that if I ever had opportunity to wrestle, I'd do it. I did it at one time and won't ever do it again. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but it's been awesome, man. I've I've had opportunity to to travel this great big world and dive into different cultures, man. I football has given me a lot, although it had has taken a lot, you know, maybe from a health perspective. And from, you know, time for my friends and family and loved ones when I was actually playing the game uh, to get me to where I am now. It's allowed me to give me a travel pass to travel the world. And I've been doing exactly that. I wouldn't be here in London having this conversation with you if it wouldn't have been for football. You know, uh, I think Spider-Man and uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sure we've all seen the Spider-Man series and Uncle Ben when he told Peter Parker, yeah. like, that's true. With great power come great responsibility, and that's what the NFL and having this platform does for you. You got to have a there's a great responsibility that comes with that, and if you don't understand or uh, take great pride in that, then it can also bury you. Yeah, absolutely. That that's perfect, D'Angelo. I know you've got a, a busy schedule, so yeah, I just I really appreciate you speaking to me and, and enjoy London. Okay, absolutely, we'll do. D'Angelo Williams speaking with Matt Sherry, who now joins us on the show. Matt, we're sat currently up on level nine of the beautiful Tottenham Stadium. Please describe to us where you're sat. Um, in my office, which is my conservatory. Quite chilled out as well, nice and comfortable. Lovely. Fully expected to say in your pants, to be honest, but there we go. Um, uh, we haven't heard the D'Angelo Williams interview at this point. The listeners have, but I assume you chatted plenty about Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, we did a lot. Yeah, he compared him to, you know, Marshall Falk and, and, and guys like that. Really talks glowingly about his route running as well and, and the evolution of that position since since he played. It's, it's interesting stuff. Wonderful. Good stuff. Well, we're going to hear from Simeon Rice as well, assuming that I managed to do an interview with him in about two or three hours' time. So, should we get to that first and then we'll preview this game and then look forward to the weekend's action? Yeah, let's do it. Beautiful. Here is... A man with 122 and a half sacks in his career. I've just pulled that off the top of my head from reading it about two days ago. Uh, he's a top 20 all-time sack leader uh, and, of course, a Super Bowl winner with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Simeon Rice joining me in the TalkSport studios. So for scheduling reasons, I, um, I'm still here at the Tottenham Stadium about three hours after we'd recorded this. But the, uh, the around the NFL guys are actually on their way over here now for their show tonight. So I'm going to have a quick catch-up with them before I get off. Uh, because I couldn't get back to the studios in time for Simeon Rice, instead we bring you his chat with H&J on TalkSport. And joining us in the studio now, Super Bowl winner uh, with uh, the Buccaneers. It is uh, the defensive end, of course, Simeon Rice. Simeon, good to see you. It's good to be here. Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing to be here. I yeah. think you're in for a pleasant surprise, Simeon. Just talking to you there, I don't think you quite realise how big American football has become in this country. I, I do not. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> thrown off. And I have the... Because I'm with you guys in this in this illustrious country, I have the um, I think the duty to try to pronunciate everything correctly. No, <laughs> so I'm going to give it my best. <laughs> you sound very good. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, last week, the, the the reports from the players were they they were bowled over by what they saw. They uh, say so it's my football club that it's it's been used for the the games and they've got a, a separate pitch. You were you'd not heard that, had you? It's a separate pitch that kind of slides in for the NFL games. It's an artificial surface, but the word last week there was it was a good surface. The locker rooms were great. The atmosphere was great. So I think I think the the Bucks and the Panthers are in for a bit of a treat. Yeah. So I asked you a question earlier about the surface mm. because when I played. When I played for Tampa, we had a university, uh, South Tampa, I know University of Southern Florida used to use our stadium and they ripped us, they used to rip the the field up before we played and made the the surface just terrible. Yeah. And you told me that it's two different surfaces. Two different surfaces. I'm still trying to get my mind around Yeah. That's that's amazing. If you get a chance, there is a little kind of film, the way the one pitch slides out and the other one slides in. The football pitch is in kind of little sections and it slides under the two main stands in the ground exposing the, the NFL pitch. I feel like that's just so unfair. <laughs> I, I needed that. Where was that when I needed it? Yeah. But you had a wonderful career, and uh, hopefully you're, you're going to make the Hall of Fame. It's always, it's always an interesting thing, that, isn't it? The writers debate it, but, I mean, your stats, your figures, 
stack up with anybody. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did everything you possibly could do. The fastest to 100 sacks, won a Super Bowl, all pros, all that. Every, every Pretty much two or three years out of my years, I was always I was up for defensive player of the year and things of that nature. So, But the, the wild thing that they told me after it's all said and done is that you got a campaign. I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm not running for presidential. I'm, I'm just playing. I'm yeah. like, I thought my performance did that. I thought my play did that. But that was one of the big things about with the sport now, especially that everything is in the books. Mm. Campaigning now, I have to campaign. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, for you shouldn't myself. have to do you that. No, have to, I don't think you no, shouldn't should have to do that. No, no, definitely not. Is that the ring that you're wearing there that we can see? This is not. This no, is just. That's just a very. This very is just nice my ring. flossy pinky. <laughs> yeah. ring. Do you wear the? Wear. Do you wear the Super Bowl ring now and again? Or that's or a trophy. I've never worn that. No, really. No. Some we had a couple of players come in and wear them. And they are amazing. Oh, that was it. We had a. He was an NBA player who came in and, and uh, had their had their ring on. But it's, it's, yeah, it's, that's it's a, a great tradition too, of American yeah. sport. It is. We it's glossy, but but yeah. But for me, I just look at that as a trophy. Yeah, that's something. I, I gave it to my pops. My pops passed away. I got it back. I mean, it's. It, it's a keepsake, but it's nothing that I'm aware. So when you, did did you ever get a chance to play in London uh, or play outside of the states? Because that I was did. obviously I, happening. I played in Japan. I didn't play okay. in London. I played in Japan, okay. and that was a good time. And what what was the feeling of of the guys about taking a regular season game out of the states and, and playing? Well, at that time, we was playing preseason. Oh, okay, you right, know? yeah. So, and, and, and to be truthfully honest with you, it wasn't a good product because mm. none of us was really trying to play hard in the preseason. We yeah. were all getting our feet under us. We weren't playing that much. And quite naturally, when we went to another country, we were going out and trying to have a good time in the streets. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So when we finally got <clears> to the game, we was only playing like a quarter. If that, you know, we weren't playing that much. But now to be seeing, to see the guys, the, the league is where it is now and playing like here mm. and playing a full game. And I mean, the guys are loving it. They love it, and, and to be able to acclimate with the culture and and, and walk around the city, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I wish I was able to do it. But it's not a sport you you can play less than full on, is it? Really, <clears throat> I mean, it's it, when you, when you have the Pro Bowl, say compared to the All Star Baseball game, which is a proper game of baseball, it's hard with football. You can't half. You can't. Play. You can't. No, you can't half ass it. You got to go all in. But but to, to be honest with you, you can do it. You you're not supposed to. I should say you're not supposed to, but you can pull it off. It's called uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull you all in the hood. It's called a brotherhood. Okay. Like me and you have an understanding of how hard we're gonna go. All right. You know what I mean? Because we understand that the game, like you said, at its at its height, most intensity is played with intensity. It's played with a lot of grit. And if that, then we just kind of going out. We we're kind of going through the motions, but we're not going all in trying to like take each other's heads off. Yeah. Now the game we got last week was was a good one, a very exciting end, very, very tight match. Game. Yeah, so uh, that was musty. Well, that's I'm from Chicago. Oh, okay, so right. The Bears. Yeah, yeah and so Chicago. expectations are high, and uh, this is uh, both def uh, both defenses. I should uh, do the vernacular as well. They are they are strong uh, in both these sides playing this weekend, aren't they? Both these teams. Tampa's. Oh, you being nice. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm being told by people who understand their American football that they they're, they're good. They're good defenses, no. Tampa's defense? <laughs> well, oh, they're not that good. Oh, but, okay. but we have good players on the team. Mm -hmm. We have a kid named Shaq that's been kind of ripping it up. I think he got nine sacks right now. Been doing some big things. You got Adama Kansu. He's another player that has some. Uh, He's been to the Pro Bowl, really good player, but they have collectively they've been kind of mediocre, right? And the Panthers has been pretty solid too. They're pretty solid. They're not overwhelmingly good, but they're pre they're pretty solid. But I think what you're going to see is a team, especially in Tampa, that's really trying to like turn things around right now. And you mm. have a team in with the Panthers, especially with Cam Newton being out, that's trying to go out and emerge and be and trying to find their own personal identity on this team. And, and turn this season around as well. So it's going to be a climactic game, and it's a, a division game. So you're playing against a division rival, and you're trying to get this win. It's important. Christian McCaffrey is something I think. Oh, he's special. Win. He's amazing. He's doing he? his thing right now. He had a great game last week. Right. He has a MV, he has an MVP type year. He's clearly yeah. might be one of the favorites to win outside of the uh, Mahomes and and Russell and obviously Brady. But what he's doing at the running back position because he's have so many dimensions he's running out the backfields he's catching mm. it 
He's blocking. He's doing everything. I mean, and some of the runs he's having are just amazing. The breakaway runs, the speed, he puts the so high flyer. Yeah. He dove over everybody. Yeah, I mean, that was brilliant. Yeah. But he put yeah. so much into the game last week. By the end of the fourth quarter, he was just done. Yeah. And he just couldn't even – he wasn't injured. He just couldn't he, Yeah, he put uh, it all in. Legs was toast. Yeah. Like, it takes – the game takes a lot out of you when you give it when you give it your all. And that kid's going out every week giving it his all. He's been playing brilliant this year. Yeah. yeah, and did well, you play against Brady? You must have played against him. I played several against times. that guy. What, how does he do? I didn't play against him. He's much, phenomenal. Though, he's, isn't he? he's he's okay. Okay, <laughs> he's okay. He was a running shot on like what he was doing, like he's doing now. Like, now he's like, I mean, he's Jedi level. He's he's in the all time. <laughs> he's doing what he wants to do for the last few years. I mean, he's been running shot through the the mm-hmm. NFL. He's special. I mean, when you look at what he's doing, I mean. It's, He's in a great system. They keep him upright. The offensive lines is blocking yeah, protect him well. They protect yeah. him well. So you're able to see what he's – and then the game of quarterback at that position, you become a master the longer you go, the more you play. Mm. And, I mean, the man is 100 years old right now. <laughs> so, uh, so he's just picking he's apart. He's dissecting like the league. Yeah. Crazy. And although yeah. you're doing sort of ambassadorial work for, for Tampa, you're also beyond football. Uh, uh, you've kind of gone into music and movies you've been producing. Yeah, I some movies, and, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. check my film out, Unsullied. Wow. When you, you made that a couple of years ago, did yeah, you? Yeah, I wrote it, produced it, directed it. You know, wow. I got my guy Richie on. I put my new hat on. All right. <laughs> and I'm trying to you know, get in the Hollywood thing, you know. So it was fun. And the it record label as, as well? You've The record label was was something I did my rookie year, mm-hmm. and I had it, and I had other artists. It's something that I was passionate for for others that wanted to get into music, and I had, yeah, yeah. The, I had a springboard and a leverage, so I wanted to get, you know, I wanted to help people in their careers and do that. I want to be a star maker. Nice one. You got a couple of days in London then before the game. So have you got anything? You've been before. I take it. Have you been I've been here? here before. Yeah, yeah. yeah have you got I've anything planned? Anything? Things you want to do? Things you want to see? I want to see it all. I oh, wanna, yeah. yeah, I want to see it all. I want. You know what? I never really got a chance to see a lot of nightlife here. I kind of want to see that now. Okay, I've been all, here before. You see it all from this window, actually. Yeah. Oh, I can. <laughs> yeah, I want to go to some. It's of the a more few places you can places. pick out. Yeah, despite the jet lag, but you're gonna. You're, it's gonna be a late one tonight, is it? Quite possibly. It's, I don't sleep, so <laughs> so I'm good. And I, I want to run shot. I want to see what the city is. I want to feel the culture. I want to taste the food. I want. Yeah. I want to see it all. You'll, you'll, see a lot, you'll see a lot of fans around. I mean, I, I we did in the bit, days leading up to the game. There's obviously a lot of people are making like a, a week of it coming out for the game. That's fans crazy. of the two. I teams. see you got a Lakers hat on. Yeah, my son got signed to the Lakers. That's right. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Right. Yeah, fantastic. But, got, but they just released him because he got a, he broke his foot. So oh, he's wow. going to be in their developmental uh, squad this year. Wow. So they said they could bring him up in a few weeks after after injury and all of that. So. It should be exciting. So he, he went the basketball route as opposed to uh, football, football yeah? yeah? Was yeah. he a good footballer as well? Or? He didn't really... He played football as a youngster. He played yeah. football, baseball. He really liked soccer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, uh, football. Get him to take out football. Uh, football. Yeah, football. Yeah, football. Uh, While right. you're here, it's football. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Simeon, lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Simeon Rice joining me uh, over at TalkSport Towers. I hot-footed it over there after finishing this podcast, maybe, and doing the 100 one as well. Uh, <laughs> we're all a bit over the shop today, but it's fine. Um, Sherry, we, uh, we've got this game coming up this weekend. I was doing my picks earlier. Uh, Honestly, after what we've seen from Jameis Winston against the Rams and, and what we've seen of this Bucks defense earlier in this season, I'm finding this one tougher to pick than I thought I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's one of the big coin flip games, isn't it? I mean, I, I guess the only question I would ask is is it's does it prove this game that? The Panthers are better with Kyle Allen than an injured Cam Newton because I think that was the difference in the in the close game that they played out earlier on in the season. Um, I, I've leaned towards Carolina, but I wouldn't be surprised by either outcome. And and the Buccaneers have been the very definition of a of an eight and eight team this season, having the very up and down. You know, they should be one win better off with the way they threw that game against the Giants. I think a, a, a second week in a row where it's a matchup of two, you know, good. Not great teams, but I, I do think Carolina have have the bigger ceiling to be a really good playoff team, particularly with Cam back. So it, it, I would say for Carolina, it's a really important game. The other reason I'm leaning towards Carolina is that you look at the, the teams that Kyle Allen has faced so far, the Jags have a pass rush. The Texans have a pass rush. 
The Cardinals, not so much, although they've shown flashes of it this season. I mean, Shaq Barrett's been great, hasn't he? But yeah. outside of that, it's it's a little bit more of a bare cupboard. Yeah, so, I, I, you know, that's the thing. I was looking at it and thinking, are they going to be able to get to Kyle Allen? Is that going to be a positive for them? I think the Bucks' run game is being a little bit underrated with that one-two punch that they've got going. But I am definitely leaning Panthers. I just think they're the more talented team, top to bottom. And to kick off the season... The Bucks were potentially the better coach team, but since Kyle Allen's come back in, Ron Rivera's had a, a bit of a bounce back. Yeah, he has, and, and, and people will have heard the, the DeAndre Williams audio. I did ask him about Rivera because he's, he's become one of the more underrated coaches in football, I think. You know, he, it's easy to forget this guy is overseeing a 15 and 1 team. You know, I would say their issues in, in recent years have been as much kind of off-field dysfunction and a little bit of Newton starting to get injured as there have been Rivera. And, and you look at McDermott, a, a Rivera prodigy who's doing really well in Buffalo. So, so yeah, I do think Rivera's a really good coach. And, and, and people have made the point he's very good coaching with his back against the wall. And we've seen that over the start of this season. I think um, I, I couldn't agree with you more there, Sherry. And the, the problem I see with the Panthers is that going into Wednesday's practice report, or injury reports. Sorry, they've had a, they had a lot of people who didn't practice. Players like Greg Little, the, the aforementioned Christian McCaffrey, Gerald McCoy. I fully expect him to suit up against his former team. Um, we know about uh, Cam Newton, but Christian Miller, Miller, Eric Reed, who's got an ankle, Shaq Thompson with an ankle, Trey Turner, the guard with an ankle. So they're slightly banged up, and with travel as well. It's with, not ideal with travel. Well, but you know the Bucks have got a contend with that as well you know what on my um on my gridiron gridiron pick em, uh, pick challenge i went for the panthers but i'm thinking more and more that perhaps the bucks could do something here it'd be very bruce ariancy to do that it's more of a gut feeling than pulling out any you know any great insight but i think you're right it's a massive you coin do love fl- ba i do love ba um it's a massive coin flip game and the completely unknown because anything can happen in London. We don't. We just. We genuinely don't know what can happen when it when it's these two teams which seem. I actually think quite evenly matched. I think there's far more receiving talent than on the Buccaneers than on the Panthers. I do love Chris Godwin exactly. in addition to Mike Evans. So I mean, they're, they're, they're receiving talent. The Bucs is as good as any in the league, really. I mean, oh. you know, you've got you've got two. I mean, Godwin is one of the best number twos in football, and, and one of those guys where it'd be fascinating to see him go and be a number one somewhere. And then Evans is outstanding as well. I mean, you think they had Adam Humphreys in that mix as well last year. I mean, OJ OJ Howard's a good option as well. Cameron Bright too. Yeah, but Howard's, Howard's ended up in Arians' doghouse a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually trade him. Um, I just really wanted you to say you know, Howard. Howard. Howard, man. <laughs> um, Howard, man. Um, but the... the Yeah, I, I just think it's such an important game for Carolina that they get the fourth win in a row because if you look at their schedule beyond this game, and again, Williams referenced that, it, it does get really tough for them. And if they're going to be a playoff team in a very tough NFC, yeah, then... This is the kind of game that they need to they need to come away with a victory, especially as you know you don't want to lose two games to another team who, if the Bucks could catch fire, they might be in that wild card mix as well. So who are we all taking? I'm, I think I've, I, I, Carolina just, but I think it'll be a good game again. I think I'm taking the Bucks. I'm going to switch. I've just posted up on Twitter my picks. I think I'm going to switch straight away. I'm going to take the Bucks. I've 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 done one switch already since posting my uh, <laughs> since posting mine, and it's a shocker of a switch that I've made for this week. So we'll get into that in a little while. Uh, that's the early kickoff. Obviously, then from six o'clock live on Talksport Two, Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter, Matt Sherry, the Dream Team will be taking you through Red Zone on the radio from six until ten with um, uh, live Red Zone commentary from uh, the Jags game. Uh, so I think we just rattled through uh, our picks for the rest of the games, boys. Absolutely. Perfect. Why, yeah. Let's start off. Uh, all AFC North clash. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals head to the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, Baltimore couldn't ask for a better game to get healthy again, could they, than getting the Bengals in their own building? No, we can all celebrate, you know, the Bengals continuing to, to threaten Miami's number one overall <laughs> pick with a, with a nice Ravens win. I think Ravens, you can't really look anywhere else. Lamar Jackson's been off the ball. Boyle for the last couple of weeks the perfect team as you said Willie to for him to 
get that connection back with his offense, make some decent throws and put away this dreadful, dreadful Bengals team, dreadfully coached. There's not much that's redeeming about them, sadly. Except that they're coming I to London in two weeks. The Ravens. <laughs> I bet you the Ravens are actually very good. Like, I mean, that's the only thing. I think they're going to be a very false phone too after this game. The way they struggled, I get that the Steelers is the rivalry game, but they didn't look good at all. And then Tony Jefferson now is down for the year, which further hits a, a secondary that's played really poorly so far this season. So yeah, I think the Ravens will win, but it might it might actually disguise just just how poor are four weeks, well, three weeks preceding this week that they've had. We're in the cold of North London. You're in the cold of North England. Let's stay in the cold and go to Cleveland, where the Seattle Seahawks are facing the Cleveland Browns. Um, Watching the game back, it's really funny watching that 49ers game live on Thursday. I got in such a a giddy haze. I didn't really pay that much attention to what the Browns were doing. (laughs) You were in a giddy haze. I I didn't really. I wasn't really paying attention to why they were bad. I could just see they were bad. You compare that to the the big win they had two weeks ago, and when they're trying to throw the when, when Baker Mayfield's in the pocket, they've got obviously Landry and Beckham and all these weapons that can go vertical. And Freddie Kitchens just seems to be calling these plays where he's sending them vertical every single time. There was a play in that game when Baker Mayfield had already been sacked by Nick Bosa, and they showed a, a all twenty two type film of it. And Odo Beckham was still pulling a double move and running upfield, having not realised that they'd got to the quarterback because they'd sent him on this massive go route. Like, when they won, they did it by starting off close to the line of scrimmage, simple stuff, simple play design, and then opening up the offence when the opportunities were presented to them. They need to do that against Seattle because otherwise the Jadavian Clownies, etc. of this world are going to have as much fun as the 49ers did on uh, on Monday night. But how are Seattle's how's Seattle's defense, Sherry? How's their secondary? How will that cope with the obvious talent that's on the Browns? I mean, I think that, I think if if they were going against a good offensive coach like they did last week, they would struggle, and I think they will every week because there are inherent flaws that have been exposed in that defense that that Pete Carroll hasn't found a way to plug yet. Um, the issue for me with Cleveland is is exactly what you say, Will. And, and the frustration for me if I was a Browns fan is I've never seen an offence that, that in terms of the skill position talent is, is more built to, to overcome a bad offensive line. I mean, you've got Jarvis Landry, one of the best slot slash possession receivers in the NFL. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., who is the most explosive guy I think I've ever seen in terms of taking short yardage players to the house. He's great on slants. That eighty-nine like that. yard touchdown that basically won them that game against the Jets. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and he's done that a lot in his career. I mean, we've seen that so many times. He, he you know, you think of him because of the great catches as this amazing boundary receiver. Well, his true skill is get him the ball in the middle of the field and 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 let him you know get yards after the catch and then you've got a really a really talented young tight end as well I'm aware it's obviously been banged up a little bit this year and then you have got a home run threat in Callaway so you know you, you build the offense around those first pieces and then have the odd shot to Callaway then you know that's not rocket science and that's the troubling thing from from the Browns perspective it's like they've got all the right pieces in place and if I was the GM looking at it I'd be thinking well all these pieces are there to to do what this offense should do, but they're just they're just utilizing them in the in the wrong way. And they've got Freddie Kitchens, so yeah, who I think we're all pretty much not sold on as a head coach. Uh, I think I think this is just a, a battle of two coaching staffs that are struggling, and so you go with the team that have more talent and form, and that's going to be the Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks yeah. on the road. Same. Yeah, likewise. And, and I mean, as much as we say the Seahawks is one is struggling, Pete Carroll is still, as a head coach, one of the best guys in the league, I think. So. Yeah, but he's not having a good season thus far. Uh, no, absolutely like not. The, He's not being helped, but he's not doing a great job himself. Um, yeah. Let's go to, let's head south. Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who welcomed the New Orleans Saints into their building. The Saints, who have gone 3-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater under centre, which has convinced many of us, including I think the three of us sat here, that they could well be the class of the NFC if they can still do it with a, a, a below average, and by that I mean lower than 16th best in the league quarterback. Um, I, I, I have, I just have this odd feeling about this game. Jacksonville at home, mm. their defense needs to step up. I just, the the loss last week was they didn't play badly in it. It was just a good game of football. 
I don't know. I, I, I feel like if the Saints are going to lose a game while Bridgewater's under centre, this feels like it could be it to me. Yeah, and Gardner Minshew, he didn't have a bad game last week. Okay, there were a couple of iffy moments, a couple of iffy throws, but every quarterback has that in, in any particular game. I think he's still playing really well. He's got a really nice connection with DJ Chark. Um, I, I, I'm with you, Will. You've, your, your weird feeling about it, I think, is... I'm probably, I'm probably horribly wrong and they're probably going to go there and put an app. I think they're a better team than Jacksonville. I just feel, I don't know, Yeah. feel like this is the most, like, it's just the momentum nature of the NFL. I just feel like every time I think something's going one way, I get the rug pulled out from under me. So I'm just trying to get ahead of it once in my life. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, a point I, need, I, I, was, I forgot to make on Carolina is, you know, ahead of last week, they had the best secondary in football statistically in terms of, you know, players giving up into it. Um, and and Minshew, Minshew still made players down the field on them, and I think that's really impressive. Um, the worry for me would be a little bit like the Seattle point, which is, you know, Jacksonville play that Seattle-style defence, and, and I think that Sean Payton is the kind of coach who will take advantage of that. You know, I'm... And it's a real theme for me for those teams, you know, for the Atlanta as well. We're seeing teams with with creative coaches on the other side really taking advantage of that. But yeah, I mean, Minshew Mania is a, a real thing for me. I think he's been exceptional, including last week. So it could be a close game, particularly if the if the Jacksonville fans get on top of Bridgewater. But I, I do worry that that Sean Payton will, will have all the answers for that defense. I've flipped the coin and taken the Jags, but that may well change before Sunday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the Saints but I, I, I think it will be close uh, Houston Texans in Kansas City to face the Chiefs the Chiefs coming off that hammering uh, d- difficult loss to the Colts what kind of shape is Pat Mahomes and that ankle going to be in and how is he going to react to that if he can't be mobile and just be doing his Brett Favre-esque I'm going to let the play break down and just do something absolutely ridiculous uh, also what's the receiving talent going to look like for them because they just keep getting banged up and keep having problems with it is Tyreek Hill going to be back because there were some rumours he was even going to be back for the Colts game Uh, there's a lot of question marks over this Chiefs team going into this game I just again Arrowhead just just well coached teams don't tend to put up stinkers two games in a row either I'm taking the Chiefs yeah I mean it's it's the best two quarterbacks of their own draft class going at it as well which I think is an exciting subplot that those ones are always fun I mean I thought JJ what was exceptional last week against Atlanta albeit against a bad offensive line and and he really needs to have a big game again I mean the, the, the question mark if I was a Chiefs fan is you know the last two games there have been some things exposed on film in terms of how you can start to shut down this offence and we saw that from both Detroit and from and, and from um, Indianapolis. So, you know, Romeo Cronell and that coaching staff are, are the kind in that Patriots mould who will who will week-to-week game plan, and, and I think that's really important. So I could see I could see them, them giving Mahomes some real problems, um, but you just feel like it'll be a bounce-back game for the Chiefs and that last week will have hurt them, and, and ultimately that wins out. But and I think this is the most interesting game of the week. I, but, I, um, I honestly think there's... There's five, six games this week which feel coin flippy. Uh, this is, it, it's a really, really mm. good week. What are you feeling about Texans Chiefs, Ollie? Uh, well, I kind of agree. It, Bill O'Brien. Ollie, you need to stop saying I agree at the beginning of when you start talking. Say, no, I yeah. hate you. Yeah, I it's hate you, worst. Will. No, but I do agree with you, especially on this one. But Bill O'Brien is, it, he feels like an eight and eight coach every year. They're three and two. So they had a good win last week. That means they're going to lose this week. That's how it feels. Whereas Andy Reid, and you're right, it, it doesn't seem like he, with that coaching staff and him as being that, that head coach, that you put up two stinkers in a row. However, I'm going to zig rather than zag. I'm going to take the Texans on this. I like it. Lovely. I mean, it's it is, I might, this is the one I might flip on. Deshaun Watson as well was so good in week one against the Saints. That was a game they should have won. I mean, that was probably their best performance of the season. I, I, I might flip on this one as well. Uh, another game I'm struggling to call, partially because of the location, Philadelphia Eagles in Minnesota to face the Vikings. See, the Eagles were brilliant against the Packers. Mm-hmm. They were brilliant. Going north, the, the spotlight on them, with a, a defence which everyone had been banging on about as being excellent. And Peterson did different things, throwing the ball, running the ball different ways, getting their their triple-headed running 
threat all of those guys getting in them them in the game and those guys and, and confusing what Green Bay had to do. I think Minnesota are a far better defense than Green Bay's, regardless of the result and some of the some of um, some of the performances. And the Minnesota at home are a, a massively different animal um, than what I think a, a, a vulnerable Green Bay are. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings here, and I don't think Philadelphia can string two NFC North road games together. It's it's a weird game, weird team, this Eagles team this season, because I've said it before, I think that Carson Wentz is playing brilliantly, even when everyone around him isn't helping. You look at the games they lost back-to-back weeks against the Falcons and Lions, and you say, well, drops late in those games, and they could easily, at this point, be a 5-0 and team. You can't take a lot from a win over the Jets. So I think you do have to look at that Packers game, like you were saying. They're very up and down going into Minnesota, which is a difficult place to go. But what's Kirk Cousins going to be is always going to be the question with this team until he puts together a run of games. I heard somebody put forward the idea that Kirk Cousins has like a bad four game stretch every season, it feels like. Maybe he's already had it. Maybe he'll turn it around and be really good for the rest of the year. I'm taking the Eagles on the road in this one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back them to continue the renaissance. I was trying to think of a funny way of saying Philadelphia renaissance, but it wasn't coming to me. I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah, I was trying to come up with something Rocky related also didn't come to me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... It, no, no. It's just, it's just a tough one, this. I mean, I, I've picked the Vikings because I, I do think that at home they're a tough out for anything. But but I kind of agree with you, and I still think the Eagles might might be alongside the Saints the best team in the NFC. So it's another one where I might flip flop ultimately. But yeah, because I mean you're right as well. They could easily be five and zero. I mean the the, the Aguilar drop against the Falcons was terrible, but so was losing to the Falcons who were who were, who were crap. <laughs> um, so you could look at that both ways. I will stick with the Vikings for now, but again, I think another, as you say, one of those coin flip games. Right, there's some games we need to barrel through here, starting off with Tank Bowl, Washington in Miami. Um, uh, wouldn't it be funny if Miami won? But I have yeah, taken, it'd be hilarious. But I have taken Washington, uh, just because I think Likewise. they're a better football team. I think Miami... New coach bounce as well. <laughs> Honestly, I've got I a feeling, Miami. I've just got a feeling that they're going to stuff it up for Simon Clancy. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> Miami are going to win. I think it will be between the Bengals and Washington for that number one pick. Bird Bowl. Bird Bowl. Uh, Falcons at Cardinals. Falcons are dreadful. They are a dreadful team. The Cardinals aren't a good team, The, though, the are Cardinals they? aren't a good team, but they're at home, and that's the only reason I'm taking the Cardinals in this, despite them having a child under centre. I've taken the Falcons just because I kind of... I think, I think Galandra will win. I think they're a slightly better team than a very bad, two bad teams. Uh, good. So Cow- many bad teams, aren't there? Cowboys at Jets. I mean, this is almost as, as unpickable as Thursday night football, surely. Even with Sam Darnold back, do we, st- do we think the Jets can, can start their, their late season renaissance? Uh, possibly, yeah, because I, I just think that... I think that um, Greg Williams will give that Dallas offense some problems. I mean, the big worry again is that Mosley is probably going to be out, and I think that's been as big, if not bigger, than the Darnold injury for the Jets. I mean, the difference between when he was on the field against Buffalo and everything we've seen since is absolutely enormous. So, for him being out, I'm going to pick the Cowboys, but I, I think the Jets will be more competitive here than they've been in recent weeks. The Cowboys win for me. I'm going to skip forward to Sunday Night Football, Steelers, Chargers, and just say Chargers. How is everyone else feeling? Chargers for me. Chargers. Wonderful. Um, the, the, so there's three more games to talk about, and they've all got a little bit of intrigue to them at least. Uh, start off with Tennessee at Denver. And this isn't intrigue necessarily because it's going to be a wonderful game of football to watch. I think it could be attritional and low scoring, in fact. But I am struggling to pick it. Well, what Denver did last week at the Chargers, a game that we went to see last year, um, it, they managed to get a connection between Flacco and Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders, something that has been sparse so far this season. However, 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 man, um, I think the Tennessee <laughs> Titans have been on a bit of a, a slide. I, I can't see that continuing. It's such a weird league, this, that any other time I'd probably go Denver at home mile high but I just got a funny feeling that Tennessee who have been 
pretty bad the last couple of weeks. We'll go and shock Denver and shock us all. Sherry talked about um, the Ravens being the ultimate eight and eight team. That's kind of how I feel about the yeah Tennessee, the Tennessee yeah. all of the time. So um, that's why I wouldn't be surprised if they shock me. But I have taken the Broncos at home. I'd taken the Broncos, but have now remembered that ignores my rule of never picking them again. So I'm going to pick Tennessee for that reason. Um, also, I really want the Broncos to lose because I'm desperate for the Patriots to trade for Emmanuel Sanders. So if they lose one more game, they can offload him for a you know fourth round, third round pick, and we can we can all be happy. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be happy. I wouldn't be happy with that. Just to be clear, (laughs) I'd be livid. So we're not all happy about that, pal. When you say all happy, you're very wrong. You don't speak for us, buddy. Never speak for us again. I think we've all done our picks for Broncos Titans, but there will have been a a rough edit there because a bunch (laughs) of people came into our booth to make sure our equipment was working. I'm not sure we're actually meant to be recording the podcast here, but there we go. Um, Yeah, two more games to talk about. Monday Night Football, Lions, Packers. We don't normally talk about that. Let's get... Let's talk 49ers Rams. Yeah, okay. I have picked the Los Angeles Rams. What? In the car, you were the most bullish, um, insufferable, Patriots-esque, because you're talking about your own team and you think you're going to be brilliant, and now you've, you've completely gone against all of that. Did you lull me into a false sense of security? So or did I bring you back down to earth? The reason that the 49ers could and maybe should win is because of that defensive line and because of that defence in general. The linebackers, Gawan Alexander and Fred Warner, both had great games this week because they will make mincemeat of the interior of the Rams' offensive line. But the 49ers are now without both starting tackles. Mike McGlinchey also out in addition to Joe Staley. And Carl Juszczyk is out for four to six weeks on top of that, who was absolutely monumentally important to that run game. And... I just think the Rams haven't had that big game on defence we've been waiting for from them. And I can imagine with all of that out that you know, Aaron Donald et al are going to be getting after Garoppolo. And the fact is that over the first five game, four games over five weeks, we've looked really good. But Garoppolo has not had to do anything yet. Bar that mental turnover game with the Steelers, you know, he, he, he threw for what, 195 yards last week and a touchdown because he just didn't have to. The run game had done it all. I'm not sure the run game is going to work without tackles and without our fullback. We have brought, Sherry, you'll be delighted to hear, for little Ollie Hunter, Aaron Ripkowski is in the building. Yes. Oh, that's excellent. For a workout today. So maybe, maybe it'll still work with him back there. I mean, for me, there's two fascinating elements of this. One is that this is the game where the 49ers need Jimmy Garoppolo to be... Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what I mean? The guy that the signed him to be. For and paid him a lot of money. And, and all of that, you know, he's, he's, he's got through the start of the season. It's always tough coming off an ACL. They've, they've, as you say, they've, they've really just needed him to manage the game. Well, they need a little bit more than that in this game. For me, the most fascinating element of this game is it's going to be probably a massive defensive slugfest between the two best young offensive minds in football. And that is quite interesting to me. I find that slightly hilarious. And I think it'll be a fascinating game because of that. I mean, is, is, your, is your feeling on Jared Goff as being um, a train wreck when there's pressure on him, uh, leading to you thinking that the Rams will struggle to score points? Uh, yeah, but I, but I think the 49ers will as well. So I, I, I just think, you know, this is the kind of game where whoever turns the ball over most probably loses. Um, I get that that happens a lot in games, but, you know, <laughs> it feels like turnovers in this game will be particularly important. So... So, yeah, I can just say it's been a really interesting, hard-fought, close game right through to the end. But I think the Rams will win because, again, I've said it a couple of times, desperate teams, you know, they've lost two in a row. Um, but if the 49ers win this game, I mean, I've just subbed our feature piece in the next mag about this 49ers team and some parallels between this and the Bill Walsh era of success that began. You know, if they win this game, then they're a serious, serious, I think, Super Bowl contender, particularly <laughs> with the... With the um, with the particularly if Jimmy G takes a step forward, that's what they're going to need in the postseason. Sherry. They're going to need Garoppolo to take some strides forward, and I'd like to see some signs of that this week. Sherry, can you imagine well, me? I know. I've just I was thinking about last Miami, night. 49ers, Patriots. I might not talk to you for the entire week. Garoppolo against Brady as well. Though there's so many interesting parts about that as a potential Super Bowl. To, to be clear, I have no expectation of this to happen, but. 
if the 49ers do pull something off here against the Rams, they then go to Washington, they have the Panthers at home, they go to the Cardinals, they then have the Seahawks at home, then the Cardinals at home. You'd say they win four, three or four yeah. out of those five games? You know, that's suddenly looking like a very, very good football team. So I'm not letting myself get overexcited, though. I just think injuries are going to hurt us too badly this weekend. Where Have you been swayed either way, Ollie, by this conversation? Do you know what I have? And I think the secondary, the secondaries will be absolutely instrumental in this because potentially the two quarterbacks are, are very similar. We haven't seen enough of Garoppolo. I think we've seen enough of Jared Goff. I think the the 49ers secondary is better than the Rams secondary. And just, just to be clear on the 49ers secondary, by the way, it's another thing we've not talked about with Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens. Richard Sherman... Yeah, he's, he's all pro. Is, ...is playing at, at, at an all-pro level. You're yeah. absolutely right. Akilah Witherspoon went down with an injury, and they were playing a combination of uh, the, the E-man on one side, Emmanuel, and playing the fellow they've been playing out of the slot, actually playing outside corner... And they kept throwing at Richard Sherman just time and time again. And so I think McVeigh's better than that. That's my point. I'm, he, yeah, he may be. But I think the talent is, is everywhere in, in that backfield and in that secondary. So Isn't it funny that I'm sat here fretting about losing a game when we're 4-0? I, I <laughs> am taking the 49ers because I don't believe in Jared Goff. I'm taking the San Francisco made a pick. 49ers to beat the Los Angeles Rams. I'm, I'm going to take the, the Rams slightly because they're desperate and because I'm yet to see signs that Garoppolo yet because I, I still think Garoppolo is going to be really good but you know I'm not sure he's quite ready for this if this is week 10 I think I'd take the 49ers right let's round things off because Ollie's got to get off to work Packers Lions it's in Green Bay I've taken Green Bay because of that but I like this Lions team it's frisky Well, Sherry's going to make his soup. He's gone to make some. What do you reckon he's having? Pea and ham, I reckon. Um, he made. He had a broccoli and stilton the other day, which sounded delightful. Yeah, that does sound good. Well, I've gone that. I've gone for that again. There we go. That's I classic. made another batch of that. Some, some bits left uh, That does sound great, especially given that we're palate twins, Sherry. So, <laughs> um, I know you'd love it, buddy. Um, absolutely not a thing. Uh, it's a hundred percent a thing. <laughs> Look, the the Packers. I said to I said you to this I said you to this I said this to you in the Uber on the way here that they seem to from from experience they seem to not necessarily show up in these big prime time games we saw it with the Eagles I know with the Bears they managed to get the win but I think that's one of those where everyone expected the Bears to win and the Packers somehow pulled it out everyone a lot of people expecting the Packers to win this I'm not sure what the situation with Devontae Adams is going to be. Geronimo Allison and Valdez Scantling weren't that great last week. Aaron Rodgers, he did make some nice throws, but he wasn't spectacular. And I actually think it was a really good coaching performance by Matt LaFleur to run the ball all over the Cowboys, something they weren't expecting. They're expecting... Aaron Rodgers to, to freelance and to sling the ball here, there and everywhere and it caught the Cowboys off guard the the Lions have had a bye week to prepare for this so I think it's going to be a really really close game I'm with you had it been at Ford Field in Detroit I'd have gone the Lions but I'm just it's by three points it will be the Packers Sherry I mean, I, I, I've picked the Packers, but it's another one. I mean, you were so right about the coin flip scenario. It's another one where I could change and pick the Lions. I mean, I think the key for me is that I can see a scenario where Patricia shuts down this offence the way he did the Rams offence last year. And, and, and I think they've been one of the most underrated units in the league this year, that Detroit D. And then really it's all about whether you can whether the Lions running game, which certainly isn't their strength, is good enough to to exploit that weakness in Green Bay's defence. Um, I'm going to pick Green Bay just because I think ultimately Aaron Rodgers over Matt Stafford. But, I, again, wouldn't be surprised either way. And it, that brings me, actually, I think it'll be another low-scoring game. You know, I think we're seeing a bit of a revival of defence this season. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but I'd, I'd love to see what, what the scoring stats are because it, it does feel to me like defence is starting to... You know, come up on the on the outside and, and overtake offense in the NFL again. I, I think you're right, but I also know that Ollie needs to leave. So, um, 
<laughs> I've got time. I've got a bit of time. No, no, it's all good. We're going to wrap it up because we have gone quite long already because there's been so many interesting games to talk about this week. But as we say, if you're leaving the stadium on Sunday, you've got your mobile telephone with the TalkSport app. You're in the car. You've got a DAB. You put the app through the car, however you want to do it. Bang on TalkSport 2. Listen to me, Ollie and Sherry. Sat in these very seats, watching that big telly to my left and talking about the games, whilst also bringing you our locker room interviews from the end of Panthers Bucks. Ollie, any final thoughts? No final thoughts. Sherry, any final thoughts? Can't wait to see you boys again. Tasty little boy. Thank you very much for listening. All the socials, do the good things. Please go and give us a review. It really does help. Thank you. Begging has been done. This has been The Gridiron Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.